Welcome to Roadside, where we talk about the fascinating and sometimes disturbing history behind roadside attractions and unique destinations. Hello! Welcome to Roadside! My name is Abigail. And I'm Janica. And this is a very exciting episode of Roadside, um, because it is a total surprise to me (laughs) what we are doing here. Well, they're usually a surprise, but... Usually, but you said this was a spooky one. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't know that spooky is the right word, but yes, it's not It's not a palate cleanser. Okay. Because, cool. you know, I just did the Stranger Things, the right. two-parter of that, so I figured I needed something a little darker. Yeah. I mean, you know, I, you know I'll always be okay with that. Oh, I know. I know you will. <laughs> so how's, how's life for you, Mom? Good. I'm coming up to see you this weekend. I am so excited. It is going to be Abigail and Janica back together again. <laughs> I'm picturing like the uh the the uh, mer- the merman and merman and barnacle boy when they Oh my gosh. do a fist bump with their rings. That's what I'm picturing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's what we're going to do. Yeah, we're going to record an episode together because we don't get to do that often. It's usually yes remote. And then Very Abigail's exciting. got some social media stuff planned for us. Whoop, whoop. I sure do. Yeah, that'll be nice. Best be prepared for it, that'll bitches. Be nice to meet your friends and go out to dinner yes. and have some fun. Oh, my God. My friends are literally so excited <laughs> to meet you because my friends... If up here haven't met my mom yet and i told them i texted them i told them in person at, at first i was like okay guys i have big news <laughs> i love that i, need you all to I be love quiet. that i'm big news <laughs> it is it is i said i have big news prepare yourselves janica is coming to stay the weekend and they all i swear started screaming <laughs> They were all like, oh my god, we get to meet Janica. Because so, I, t- I talk about you so much Aww, to them. That's so sweet. And they know about like the podcast and they listen and they watch our TikToks and stuff. And they're just very excited to meet you. It's like meeting a famous person. Oh, I don't know about that, but that's very and sweet. And they know, they, they they follow your TikTok too with uh, with all of your DIY Aww. stuff. and That's very so, nice yeah, of them. So yeah, that's very exciting. Well, hopefully, once they meet me, they'll still think I'm as cool as you talk me up to be. <laughs> they will. Okay. <laughs> I know it. Okay. Yes, and then I'm taking my mom out to dinner at the restaurant that I work at to show her off. You're taking me out? Oh, yeah. Mm. Me and Ryan will be paying. Nice. Thank you. Of course. To show me off. You're so cute. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I got to show you off to my coworkers. I got to show you where I work. Hmm. Well, I've been there. It's just been yeah. It's been a it's been a hot minute. Well, I don't even know if you worked there when I went there. Yeah, you did. Yeah, I think I, I did. I've definitely served you before. Yes, because yeah. I think it was me and the boys. Yes, it was. But that was a couple years ago. Yes, it's been a while. Yeah. Nice. But we will have fun, and it's supposed to be nice over the weekend. I think. Oh, good. It's actually super nice here right now. It's like 60-something. It's perfect. I thought about going hiking while I'm there, but, you know, I know the place that I would go hiking, there was like a murder there, so I'm not really sure yeah. that I want to go hiking. Maybe we'll cover that. Maybe we'll cover that. Ooh. That might be a fun idea. We should. I mean, it's it's a place. <laughs> I'm going to do it. It's on my list, I call okay. it. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> Since I live here. True, true. You know it better. But yeah, I don't know if we'll have time even to go hiking with all the stuff we have planned. Well, I was thinking of going while you're working 
but I'm going to have plenty of editing to do because I'll I'll have this episode and then we're going to record. And then if we do any of the TikToks on mine, then I can edit those. So I'll have, I'll have plenty to do. And the good thing is, is I'll be in a hotel, so I won't be distracted by having to be at home doing laundry and cleaning. Yes. I can focus. You can get lots of stuff done. Yes. Yes, yes. Cool. And I am very excited for my next episode. Uh Uh-oh. Because I have it picked out now. (laughs) Okay, good. And it will not be a palate cleanser. (laughs) Do you ever do a palate cleanser? Why would I? They're not as fun. Right. Oh, hey! I'm sorry. No, they are. That's not what I meant. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I kind of like that is some, not what I meant. Some of my palate. That cleansers. is not what I meant. Okay, I do like the palate cleansers. Okay, I'm just more me personally. I'm more drawn towards the spookiness. You would rather I do the palate cleansers? Yes. Okay. <laughs> because I want to cover the spooky shit. Well, I don't mind covering some of that too. And you know, yes, it's not going to be like Mom only does palate cleansers. Right. Because I haven't. I've done some other stuff. Yeah, you've done some spooky ones. But every once in a while, you know, it just gets heavy and I got to throw one out. I got to throw a fun one out there. I totally get it. So, anyway. Cool. Well, I don't think I have any new stuff. Okay. I've just been hanging out at Ryan's all day. This is the first time I'm recording from Ryan's house, which is exciting. I think that's more exciting for me because there won't be traffic noise. (laughs) Yeah. My house is on a main street, and my in my room, my windows face out toward the street. So anytime a car goes by, you can hear it. Yeah, I've gotten and pretty good. My mom has good. to go through and edit all of them. I've gotten pretty good at editing out, editing that out, and using like a noise reducer before I even start editing. So nice. it's been helpful. Yeah, no, we are not on a main street here, and yeah, we've just kind of been hanging out all day. Ryan, actually, since it's so nice out, he set up his enclosed patio with like some blankets and stuff for his cat so he could roam out there because percy never gets to go out there oh that's so cute and he loves looking outside and he has been out there the whole time sitting on the little windowsill and watching the birds chasing them around it's so cute that's adorable it's it's really cute but we've just been playing uh lego harry potter nice nice well not all day i've done some done some podcast stuff yeah and yeah, that is that is my life. I also picked up a new audiobook. Did you? I did. What is that? So I read this series when I was in eighth grade, which I probably should have waited a little bit to read it because it's a little spicy. What series is that? <laughs> oh gosh. It's the sh- it's the Shatter Me series. Oh. And it's not like it's not crazy. Yeah, I remember that series. But I read that in eighth grade. And I didn't know that it was. I mean, you should have seen some of the stuff that me and my girlfriends were writing in eighth grade. (gasps) Ma. Yes. I was also, I was also in a, in a Catholic school. Well, true. So like, I wasn't, I wasn't exposed to all of that. You were a little more sheltered than I was. Yes. (laughs) But I remember like in, in this book, the first time that like something happened i was like oh my god and i like slammed the book shut and i was like oh what's going on and then i was like oh maybe i should open it and read it again <laughs> anyways <laughs> so i stopped though i think after the second book and there's like seven books out now. wow really i didn't know there was so that many. i know so i bought the uh the audiobook for 
the first book, the Shatter Me book. Nice. And it's super it's super interesting because the way that it's written, like when you read it on paper, it's like she's writing in her journal and she like has lines crossed out, but you can still read them. Oh. And so I was like, I wonder how they're going to do that with the audiobook. Yeah. How did they do that? They actually, so they read all the lines, even the crossed out ones, and but after the crossed out ones, there's a little like sound that's like crossing it out with a pencil. Oh, interesting. It's very interesting, but it's pretty good so far. I'll have to read. I, I think I only read that very first one when it came out. So I'll have to check yeah, those it's, out. It's kind of a, it's a little hard to get into because the main character is like in this mental institution and she's been sheltered her whole life and like doesn't Aww. have a lot of experience, I guess. But once she gets out, I think it's, it starts to pick up a little bit. Hmm. But obviously I'm listening on Audible. Obviously. Because we love Audible. We do. If you want to go listen to that book or, you know, pretty much literally any other audiobook out there, <laughs> yeah. you should go to Audible and do that. And if you want a free trial for 30 days, you can go to audibletrial.com slash roadside. Yeah, do that. That'll support us and help you. Yes. Yeah. It will indeed. Win-win. Win-win. Are you ready for this? All right. I am so ready. Okay. Now, it's possible you've heard of this. Okay. But I had never heard of it. A friend of mine had never heard of it. But once I started digging into it, I did find that some other podcasts have covered it. Okay. So it's possible you've heard of it. Okay. Got it. We are talking about Corpsewood Manor. Oh, I've not heard that. Oh, good. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know what that is. That sounds very spooky, though. Okay, let's go. Okay. Okay, Corpsewood Manor is located in Somerville, Georgia. It's about an hour south of Chattanooga, Tennessee, and about an hour and 45 minutes north of Atlanta. Okay. And it sits... So you were, like, right around there just recently. I was. I wish I had known it was there when I went, because I totally would have gone. We literally had drove yeah. right right by where this is. Oh, gosh. I know. Oh, well. Oh, well. Some other time. Yes. So, in 1977, I was one. Okay. <laughs> Dr. Charles Scudder and his partner, Joseph Odom, and from now on I will call him Joe, because Charles himself referred to him as Joe. Okay. They built their forever home which is Corpsewood Manor. The couple was from Chicago, where Dr. Scudder was a professor at Loyola University. Okay. I actually had a friend uh, from high school go there. Oh, did you? Yeah. Cool. So Dr. Scudder retired in 1976 on his 50th birthday. I hope I can retire on my 50th birthday. Nice. <laughs> yes. Good for him. You're right? <laughs> And they just wanted a more simple life. So they had been living in this mansion, like literally a mansion, in Chicago. Damn, I wish. Yeah. And it's it's Chicago. It's busy. There's so much going on. And mm -hmm. Joe didn't really like the city life at all. Okay. But Charles, he was just tired of it. He was tired of the busyness. He was tired of all of the... Mm -hmm. Like, he did this article, um, which I'll get to in a minute. But he said he was tired of, like... Paying, like, he had the water bill and the electric bill and the sewer bill and the tax bill. And it was, like, it was so much. And... Yeah, living in a city is... A, it, it, can, it can be a lot. Yeah. And it's just so busy and overwhelming and there's so much noise. And he was, like, I want to live somewhere that I... Not only can I not see my neighbors, but I cannot hear them either. Right. 
Like, he's he's retiring, he's ready to just, like, yeah. live a peaceful life. Exactly. So, they he found a piece of land, and it's, okay. it's in the middle of the Chattahoochee National Forest, and it's okay. technically called Taylor's Ridge that it sits on top of. And it was 40 acres. That sounds familiar. Hmm. I don't know. Taylor's Ridge. I didn't get I don't that. Know. Oh my Could you try again? Stop. My watch was talking to me. <laughs> and I have it on Do Not Disturb, but apparently Siri doesn't care. Of course not. So the land sits in the middle of the forest on Taylor's Ridge, and it's up a very long, winding, old logging road. It's kind of narrow. I, I've seen videos where okay. people were walking along it. It's basically a dirt road that one car could get up. Okay. So after Dr. Scudder's retirement, the couple sold most of their belongings, including anything that required electricity. Okay. Because they planned to live completely off the grid. Okay. And they took all of their life savings, which basically was Dr. Scudder. So his retirement funds, the funds from selling his house, the fr- funds from selling all of the belongings that he was getting rid of, mm-hmm. everything that he had built up, spent all but $40,000. On the land, the 40 acres, and all of the building supplies. Wow. Yeah. and the, That is a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> and then he took that 40000 and just put it in a bank. And that was supposed to be the money that they live off of because they didn't – he's not getting retirement. You know, he doesn't have a 401k anymore. He's, he's cashed everything out. Right. They basically allotted themselves a little bit over $200 a month to live off of okay. from – the savings that they had because they had planned to grow their own food, raise chickens, not have any bills, all of that. So essentially, okay. they were financially broke because everything Got had it. gone into building this. So they didn't really right. have any money. They sunk all of their money into this house that's going to be their forever home in the middle of 40 acres to live a, right. a peaceful retirement. Okay. So just remember they're broke. Right. Financially. And you said this is in like the 70s? Yeah. So this was 1977. Okay. When they started. So this is when they bought the home or bought the land when they started. It took them two years to build it. Right. So unfortunately now the home is in ruins and I will talk about that later. You can visit it though. But originally it was built with 45,000 bricks. Wow. And it was two stories high. And three layers thick with a two-inch two gap between each layer for insulation. So essentially three brick walls in a row. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah. It is a lot, but they were planning to live off-grid. And so this the insulation of all of that would really help right. with cooling and heating and- All that jazz. I don't have to worry about that. Yeah. Yes. You'll have to look at pictures of this, but in which you'll I'm sure you'll post some pictures of it when we release this episode. So the home was built in an oval shape. And in fact, it was said that there was not one square corner in the whole house. What's this called? Corp Corpsewood Manor. Wood Manor. I want to look up a picture of it. Don't no, don't do that, because you'll get you'll get Oh, okay. Okay. You'll get spoilers. Okay, I'm not looking. You can look later. Okay. <laughs> Because Got I tell you, as soon as you type it in, you're going to have spoilers. Okay. Okay. My phone is down. I'm not. Thank looking. you. <laughs> I can't stop our listeners from looking at it while I'm talking about it, but I can stop you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Gosh. So the couple had never built anything before, but they wanted to do this themselves. 
So they oh, okay. they bought all the hand tools, they bought a concrete mixer, they bought all the supplies. And it took them two years to complete the house, and they lived in a camper during this time. Okay. And... So they were really, really dedicated to this. Absolutely. They wanted this to be where they were going to live, completely live off grid, raise and grow their own food, and not rely on society in any way. Now, mind you... They just wanted to be recluses and... Correct. Yeah. Mind you, this is the late 70s, early 80s, and... A gay couple was not very accepted. Right. Even in Chicago, which was part of the reason that they wanted to move somewhere reclusive, because... Very understandable. At the time in Chicago, they they were not open about their relationship. So they were... Okay. But they didn't want to live that way for the rest of their lives, which right. I totally understand. Yeah. You don't want to just hide away for your whole life. No. Not at all. You want to enjoy your life. Yeah. So the first year, they got the first level done, and then they were able to move in, which the first floor only contained the kitchen, living room, and dining room. And then the second year, they were able to get the second floor done and then be out of the camper. Okay. As I said, this is all made out of bricks, and there are barely any windows. Weird. The first floor has no windows. Very weird. Except on the back of the house, there's like one tiny window. Why? I don't know, really. I really, the only thing that I could find was that it was for purposes of insulation and privacy. Okay. Also, maybe a little bit of a fire hazard, but okay. (laughs) Well, there was a door, but yeah. I mean, I don't know that it was built to code, but I don't know what the code was in Georgia in 1977. Right. Right. On the ends of the house, as I said, it was built in an oval shape. So on the ends... There were, I think, four or five and on the second level of those six-by-six six glass blocks. Do you know what I'm talking okay. about? Yeah. Okay. And they were stacked on top of each other. So there were seven of those stacked on top of each other. So you almost had, like, very long rectangle windows to let some light in, but they couldn't be opened because they were glass blocks. Right. And then there were a few other small windows on the second floor, and that was it. That would drive me crazy. I love my windows. Oh, I do too. Especially when you're in the middle of 40 acres. Like you could see so many, so much beautiful stuff. I know. I mean, honestly, maybe part of the reason was their building skills. I don't know. I just, I just now thought of that because like glass blocks would be very mm-hmm. easy to integrate into yeah. brick. But a very, might not have known how. Yeah. A very large picturesque window <laughs> might be a. Right. Plus they were low, you know, trying to save their funds. So I don't know. That, that could be part of it, too. Okay. Cool. They had no running water, no phone, no electricity. They installed a well for their water. So they had fresh mountain water. Nice. But they never had electricity, and they were completely off-grid. As I said, the first floor did contain the kitchen, the living room, and the dining room. Their fridge was run off of kerosene. Okay. I'm not sure if the fridge was actually in the kitchen. I kept looking for that, but... Because I wouldn't know that you'd want to have kerosene inside the house. Yeah. But maybe there was a like a pipe out to it or something. I don't know. But I couldn't find that. Okay. They also had a chemical toilet, which was in an outhouse. So it was a brick outhouse. And then they cooked and heated the home with a wood stove. Okay. The upstairs had two bedrooms, which if you do, when you look at pictures of this, 
I'm like, how did it only have two bedrooms? Like, they must have been massive bedrooms because this place is not small. Okay. <laughs> 45,000 yeah. bricks. It's pretty big. But yeah. they had two bedrooms. In the middle of the house was a spiral staircase that was enclosed with stained glass. Ooh. Which sounds That sounds gorgeous. beautiful. And apparently, yeah. Dr. Scudder made this stained glass himself. Oh, I could not find any pictures of that, but there's really not a whole lot of interior pictures of the home. There's a lot of exterior pictures, but I guess not a lot of people were ever actually in the home. Right. Attached to the front of the house is a gazebo. Cute. It's got these big arched openings all around it. And then on the second floor is a bright red door that walks out onto a sun deck on top of the gazebo. Oh, nice. Yeah. And at the end of the gazebo, so basically perched at the very front of the house on top of the gazebo, is a large pink gargoyle. <laughs> okay. Yes. <laughs> that sounds That sounds kind of like, I don't know, what's the word I'm looking for? I, I don't know. I don't know either. I don't know. It sounds cool. Like, it sounds It sounds like a, like something you'd find in, like, a super rich celebrity's house, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like a, a fancy piece of art. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you you can see pictures of the pink gargoyle, so it's it's pretty cool. Okay, I'll look them up later. Yes, you will. <laughs> <laughs> they also built some outbuildings. One of these was a three story chicken coop. As I said, they had chickens, so the bottom level was for chickens. The second level was okay. for canned goods because they grew all their own food, so they canned everything. So they had it throughout mm-hmm. the season. Seasons. Also on the second floor was the couple's pornography collection. Oh, mm-hmm. like of themselves or like? didn't It didn't say. So I don't know. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And the third level they called the pink room. And the pink room could only be reached by a ladder. It was painted pink. And all it contained were a couple mattresses and some gas lamps. Okay. And this was also referred to as their pleasure room. I figured. <laughs> they would also entertain guests here. So not just for... Sexual pleasure. Not just for them. Okay. Correct. But they would entertain guests just to visit. They would also entertain guests consensually for Mm -hmm. some adult fun. Cool. And then- Do what you do, man. And they made homemade wine, so they would sit around, drink their homemade wine, and have some fun. And get it on. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So Joe really loved- gardening Cute. and there was a beautiful rose garden at the end of the drive Aww. they also had a vegetable garden multiple fruit trees grapevines they had honeybees and had their own honey and they had lots of Aww, different berries so i know so dr scudder wrote an article for mother earth news okay and it was titled a castle in the country Aww. which i will put in our show notes In which he describes how beautiful and amazing his days were there. And he said even just like doing the chores, tending to the gardens, making homemade wine, sitting on the sun Mm -hmm. deck. and That's just like the perfect retirement. Right? And he would say he just loved listening to the sounds of nature and either drinking his wine or drinking his tea and like in the evenings watching the stars and the moon and I mean – this, like, you have to read this art- article because just the way he describes how peaceful it was, 
it just like made me want to live off the grid and just like be a part of nature. Yeah. It was a great article. This is reminding me a little bit of that uh, cabin that we went to, that we've been to in the- Oh, yeah, in uh, middle of Missouri. Yeah. I f- forget where that- The moon shack? Oh, yeah, the moon shack. Aw, yeah, that place yeah. was great. It is. I love it. And then you guys went back there. Yeah. So that is the property and the house. Okay. So now I'll give you a little bit of a history on Dr. Scudder and Joe, besides what I've already told you. Dr. Scudder was born- Charles Scudder in 1926 in Wisconsin. Okay. He went to college in Ohio first, and there he met Helen Kilborn Hayslett, um, and the two were married in 1946. Cool. But that didn't last. They were divorced very quickly. Okay. In the 1950s, he met and married Burtai Bunting, which pro- I probably totally messed that up. Burtai? I think it's Burtai. Daughter of British modernist poet Basil Bunting, or Basil Bunting. I've never heard of him. Probably Basil because it's British. It's probably Basil. Yeah. Never heard of him, but anyway, daughter of Basil Bunting. Okay. Together, they had four sons. Cute. But that marriage did end in divorce as well. Yeah. As we can assume already, because he was not straight, but was probably forced into that life by society. Society. Mm-hmm. Boo, society. Boo. Yeah. He eventually went on to get his uh, PhD from Loyola. Lo- nice. Loyola? Is it Loyola? I think it's Loyola. Loyola. Okay, anyway. That's how I've always said it. Loyola. And then he ended up becoming the associate director for the Institute of Mind, Drugs, and Behavior in the Department of Pharmacology where he was doing some studies on the effects of LSD. Ooh. Yeah. Very interesting. Yes. This this is a very interesting man. There's so much more to him that I don't have time in this episode to do. Very interesting man. So I have a friend. His name is Stephen Rains. You've, you know who Stephen is. You've read some of his poetry. Yeah. And yeah. he has this exhibit called The Gay Rub, and it's rubbings of different LGBTQIA plus gravestones and markings and just different sites. Mm -hmm. I had actually texted him. He was the friend that I said that I texted about it because I was like, this man has just a fascinating life. And I was like, is he part of your project? And he's like, I've never heard of him. So he's like, this is interesting. So he was researching him. Nice. And I don't know what the requirements are for that project, but I just felt like he was, Dr. Scudder was doing some great things. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. But anyway, In 1959, he hired Joseph Odom to help take care of the kids and to cook. And Interesting. Yeah. So a lot of, this is where I say a lot of people just saw him as basically, to society, Joe was the nanny, housekeeper, whatever you want to call him. Mm -hmm. There was different terms that I saw and everything, like that's how people saw him. He was also 12 years younger than Dr. Scudder, so... People just saw him as like he was taking care of the kids, he was cooking, taking care of the house, all of that. Right, just helping out. Right. Dr. Scudder described Joe's cooking as, quote, fit for a king. Aw. Excellent cook. (laughs) Yeah. Cute. Dr. Scudder was also, I thought this was very cool, he was also an accomplished harp player. Oh. And he was even in- Man, this guy was cool. Yeah, I know. And he was even invited to play for the Chicago Symphony. Oh, shit. Yeah. Like, how freaking cool is that? This guy deserves more recognition. I think so. So Joe 
had a little trouble growing up, kind of a hard childhood, got into some trouble, and he only ended up getting a fifth grade education. Okay. But Dr. Scudder said that Joe had learned more about the world from his experience than he himself had ever learned in a classroom. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And Joe, I mean, it seems to me like from everything that I read that Joe is very intelligent, not necessarily book smart, not that he had really had to be. I mean, he could cook, he could tend a garden, he could take care of people like he was just and he was just very wise and down to earth. Good. Just a just a really good person. Yeah. So a couple other things about Dr. Scudder, if you haven't figured it out yet, he was kind of eccentric. Yeah. I mean, the pink gargoyle. Right. Yeah. Yeah. He would also dye his hair bright colors. Oh, nice. He'd have it dyed purple or pink or whatever. And he had a pet monkey. Oh. Yeah. Which Nathan would think was cool. (laughs) Yeah, he would. If he listened to our podcast. Yeah, I think he's listened to one episode. Yeah, I know. Loser. Charles and Joe were atheists. And they related to the Church of Satan. Cool. Which does not worship the devil. No, it does not. It actually doesn't worship any gods, uh, but mm-hmm. but believes in self-worship, believing you're the most important to yourself, essentially. Yeah, there is a lot of uh, miscommunication and misinformation out there about the satanic church. Yes, there is. It's, it's actually like if you look into their beliefs and everything, it's super interesting and very relatable. Yes, and I think that's, I would say, I'm going to say... I think it's becoming more knowledgeable, or maybe it's just me being more enlightened and thinking that the rest of the world is. I mean, there's not the whole, like, there's not as much of the satanic panic going on anymore as there used to be. And this was exactly in that time. This was exactly during the satanic panic. So early 80s by this point, because they didn't move into, you know, they didn't end up completely moving into the house till like 1979. This was right right in the height of the satanic panic. Yes. So not everybody was open to things. Great. In 1977, the two took their Jeep, a camper, and all their worldly belongings, everything that they hadn't sold with them, and their two English Mastiffs, and moved from Chicago to Georgia to begin building their forever dream home. Yes. On the way up this long, winding road to get there, they got lost. Even though, oh. even though they had purchased the property, oh gosh! But they were also in the middle of a blizzard, so you know, oh, well, you got to give them that. Yeah, that'll complicate things. Yeah, I mean, the roads are a little bit yeah. covered when there's a blizzard. Yeah, I mean, just a little bit. Like it looks a little different. Yeah, a little bit. So they got lost. So they're like, you know what? We got a camper. We're just we're gonna camp. We'll camp until this yeah. blizzard passes, and then we'll continue on our way. They they ended up having to melt snow for water. Oh wow! Yeah. But they waited out the storm, storm cleared finally, and continued on their journey. And on that same road that they had been camping on, they came across the corpse of a dead horse. (gasps) Sad. So they decided, we're going to name this road Dead Horse Road. Okay. Because it's the road that led to their house. That's, uh, all right. Yeah. Ominous. And being that this was winter, and all the trees were bare... They saw these as, like, the bones of the woods. Okay. And decided to call their new home Corpsewood Manor. Okay. You know how much I love dead trees. I know. You have a <laughs> you have a very big love 
for dead trees. Every time I see like a cool looking like mangled dead yes. tree, I think about you. I love a cool old dead tree. They're just yes, mm, they're just art to me. Yeah, fascinating. Nature's like the kind that you see like the kind that you see like crows sitting in all yes, the time. Yes, it's like nature's fucking artwork. It's beautiful. I love it. Gorgeous. But you also know how much I love the word foreshadowing. Oh, I know you love that word. So I kind of and that's feel what this is, isn't it? Like corpse wood was a bit of foreshadowing. I mean, I figured that it was <laughs> as soon as you told me the name of this place. I mean, they didn't know this at the time, but you know. Anyway. Yeah. I have a bad feeling about where this is going, Mom. Sorry. Hmm. All right, so Joe and Charles enjoying their beautiful life. And the article that I had mentioned that uh, Joe had written, I think he wrote it in like 1980, 81. No, uh, probably like 81. So, Because I think at the time okay. he had been living there for like two years or they had been living there for like two years. Okay. So sometimes local hunters would ask to hunt on the property. They'd come and knock on it. It's 40 acres. And the couple always allowed them. They're like, yeah, like, mm-hmm. go for it. It's fine. Yeah. And a lot of times, these hunters, they would offer them some of their homemade wine. And then they'd end up, like, sitting and talking and, like, chit-chatting with them. And so they kind of, like, became friends with people in that way because they didn't really live in a town, obviously. Right. So this is really the only way that they got to know people. Right. One of those hunters was named Avery Brock. I already hate him. I hate him, too. I mean, with a name like Avery Brock. Yeah. I'm sorry if your name is Avery or Brock, but <laughs> I just, I have the, I have the feeling that I hate this guy, you know, immediately. I went to high school with a Brock and all the girls fawned over him because he was also a drummer. Wow. <laughs> he was a drummer and his name was Brock. I mean, honestly, I didn't really know him all Dream that well because boy. he was like a year ahead of me and I, I didn't really know him. So I don't know, but Brock, he was the drummer from my mom's high school. If you're listening to this. All the girls want you, apparently. I felt like he was, I, he was not my type, and I'll tell you why. Okay. Because I liked the nerdy guys, which, shocker. <sighs> what? <laughs> right? That's not passed down to me. And Brock was more of, like, even though he was in the marching band, he was more of the, um like, buff guy, you know, like, cool The dude. cool drummer guy? Yeah. 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 No, we had we had a couple of those at, in high school. No, I liked the nerdy drummer guy. Yeah. Yeah. I was always into the nerdy drummer guys, too. Anyway. Unfortunately. Back to- They'll break your heart. Yeah. Well, that's a story for another day. <laughs> yeah, another time. Oof. So Avery Brock was a local 17-year-old boy. Avery did not have a great childhood. Okay. And- had apparently been abused by his father, and then his father Aww. also kicked him out. Do not have sympathy for this asshole. No, I'm sorry. <laughs> hey. Nobody should like be abused the, like, by anybody. Absolutely. Like the, the morbid girls always say, you can feel bad for the kid, but not, you don't feel bad for the adult they become. Okay. That's oh Yeah, I could see that. Okay. So his father kicked him out, and he ended up moving in with a 30-year-old man named Tony West into a trailer. Okay, and this weird. trailer was close, like at the foothill or whatever of Dead Horse Road up to um, Corpsewood Manor. Okay. So Avery would go up and ask if he could hunt. And he would hunt the land, sometimes visit with the couple, drink their wine. And over time, 
got to know them pretty well. Okay. But Avery, being a poor child, and then sees the massive size of this house, Mm -hmm. the land, all of this. He thinks they're rich. He thinks they're rich. Which they are not. So he goes back to Tony West and he starts telling them about the, quote, queer couple in the woods. Mm. And the two of them form a plan to rob Charles and Joe because they want all their millions of dollars that they don't have. I hate them. Mind you, they have no money. None. Yeah, they spent all of their savings on making their dream house and their dream life. Yeah, they have some money in a bank that they've been living off of now at this point for a couple, like at this point, it's been like five years that they have been living Mm -hmm. off of that $40,000, spending maybe $250 a month to buy like gas. And Charles did say in his article, I do have to pay taxes. So he did pay his taxes. (laughs) Right. Um, that's the only way he wasn't off grid. He still had to pay taxes. Yeah. Death and taxes. <laughs> yes. Yes. One of my favorite movie quotes. Like I said, they had no money. The most expensive thing mm-hmm. that they, uh, not no money, they had money in the bank, but it wasn't like stashed under the mattress, you know? Right. They weren't like these very wealthy people. No, not at all. I mean, I don't know how much money 40000 was in 1980 because I didn't look it up. But I can't imagine that it's like millions of dollars. And right again, it had been five years at this point. They've been spending that. So, But the most expensive thing they owned was Scudder's Golden Harp because he did bring that with him when they moved in. Oh, cool. Yeah. On December 12th, 1982, only five years after they moved in, Brock and West set out with their plan to rob Charles and Joe. On the way, okay. they picked up West's teenage nephew, Joey Wells, because his car had trouble, I guess. And okay. his date, Teresa Hudgens. Now, this was a very first date for Joey and Teresa. Okay. Neither of them had any idea what what the plan was. They had no idea that they were, like, okay. going to, like, walking into this. Like, the car broke down. Right. They are just like, dude, Tony, can you pick me up? Yeah. Okay. On the way to... I was like, that's a weird first date. Okay, they didn't know. <laughs> they didn't know. It's like, if someone was like, hey, do you want to go on a date with me to uh, rob this gay couple in the woods who's living their best life? I'd be like, no, I don't. I would really rather not. I think that might be a red flag. Yeah, I would say so. Yeah. I would probably call the police. That would probably be a very smart move. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I'm smart sometimes. I raised you right. Thank you. I can't take full credit. You're just smart on your own. What can I say? Genius. Anyways. On the way to Corpsewood Manor, all of them apparently started huffing toodaloo. Huh? It's T-O-O-T-A-L-O-O. Never heard of it. Apparently, toodaloo, toodaloo which <laughs> I could only imagine why that has that name. Like, toodaloo. Yes. <laughs> so. I'm off to Never Never Land. Just because you're gone after that. Right. Uh, so this is a mix of paint thinner, glue, and alcohol. Oh, that sounds so good for your body. Yeah, I feel like you're killing massive brain cells. Yeah, maybe you shouldn't do this, guys. Maybe not. Don't recommend toodaloo. I, I recommend it as a phrase, not as a drug. Yeah, you can say toodaloo, like sayonara, bye, see you later, adios. Yes. But not as a drug. Like, just leave that shit alone. Don't have it. Yeah, don't. Yeah. 
Anyway, so they get to Corpsewood Manor. They're like, what's up, Charles? We came to hang out. Charles is like, cool, let's go up to the pink room. We'll drink some homemade wine. We're gonna they're just gonna visit. And okay. Joe's in the kitchen, he's cleaning up. Apparently, him and Charles had just had dinner, so Joe's gonna finish the cleaning up. And after a bit, I read some articles that said it was like minutes later, but then other other articles said it was like hours later because they were all wasted. I don't know. So I mean, I'm sure they were if they were huffing toodaloo before. Huffing toodaloo and drinking homemade wine, I'd like. Yeah. And sometimes that homemade wine is pretty strong. Yeah, that'll get you fucked up real quick. Yeah. But after a bit, I don't know how long a bit is, Brock said, I'm going to go to the car and get some more toodaloo, because we don't have enough yet. Yeah. He climbs down the ladder. Not wasted enough yet. He climbs back up the ladder, and now he's carrying a twenty two rifle. Mm, Freaking Brock. And Scudder, so Charles jokingly says, bang, bang, when he sees the rifle. He's tipsy, oh, okay. obviously. Mm-hmm. Brock then grabs Charles by the hair and forces him to his knees at knife point and demands to know where all the money is. And Charles insists, we have no money. We don't keep money here. I have money in the bank, but there is no money here. Right. Well, Brock is fucking pissed. Yeah. And he's like, you're fucking lying to me. I'm going into the house and I'm finding (sighs) Joe and I'm going to find out where the fucking money is. This dude is such a dick. Yeah, he is. So he goes down the ladder and Tony West is keeping the two youngest who are trying to escape because they're like, what the fuck is going on? Right. Keeps them. The two who were the the couple that was on the date? Yeah. Yeah. Joey and Teresa. They're like, what the fuck is happening right now? They're trying to Mm -hmm. escape and Tony's like, stay the fuck where you are and blocks hit the both of them and charles from leaving the pink room brock yay yeah yay yay so brock is pissed he goes into the house to confront joe nobody knows exactly what happened in there because only he and joe were the ones in the room Mm -hmm. but he ultimately shot joe four times And I just want to give a little trigger warning here. Also shot both of their English Mastiffs at close range. Oh, no. Why'd you have to do the dogs? Right? He didn't do shit. I know. Oh, my God. This guy is evil. I hope he's in prison. I'll let you know. Okay. After this happened, Tony heard the gunshots. He's now forcing Charles and the two teens down the ladder Joey and Teresa try to get in the car and flee, but the car won't start. And so Tony's like dragging them back into the house. Why do you have to get them involved? Uh, Right? They're just these two innocent kids who are trying to go on a nice date. Yes. Gosh. I wonder if they ever talked again. If (laughs) if they ever like continued dating. That's my, that's my curiosity right now. Probably not. And today, today, Joey and Teresa are happily married with five children. No, that's not true. <laughs> I'll just tell you, okay. that's not the case. <laughs> I mean, sometimes trauma bonds will really get you together. Let's just tell our grandkids about how we met. <laughs> oh, what a lovely story, darling. <sighs> anyway, Tony forces them all into the home. And now they're demanding Charles 
where's the money? Where's the money? Charles is trying to get to Joe's body. And as he's trying to get to Joe, he has heard saying, I asked for this. And then he was shot in the head five times. Oh, fuck. Yeah. What do you mean I asked for this? Uh, there's speculation that it's because he was gay. Mm. There's speculation it's because he was part of the Church of Satan. I mean, there was a lot of speculation, but nobody really knows for sure. Yeah. I mean, that guy did not do anything wrong. No. He absolutely But did I'm sure in that moment when he wrong. when he realized that his partner was dead and yeah. he probably felt some kind of survivor's guilt in that moment. Yeah, I'm sure he did, yeah. Yeah. After this, Joey and Teresa were basically just held to sit there and witness these two laying there by Tony while Brock ran around the house, pulled drawers out, every did everything, like basically just ransacked the entire house looking yeah. for anything of value. That's so awful. They ended up getting away with like fucking candlesticks. Oh, God. And just like stupid little shit because there was no so money. junk because there wasn't yes. anything there. They tried to take the harp, but it was too big. And I mean, a harp is fucking huge. It's a harp. It's like, a harp. Are you, do you think you're going to fit that in a car with four people? Right. No. So since their car didn't start. Also, just don't steal stuff. Like, <laughs> Right. Since their car didn't start, they stole Charles's Jeep. And okay. the two teens were in the back and they basically told them, you will not say a fucking word or we will shoot you to drop them off somewhere. So they they left their car there. Yeah. Well, it's a really stupid way to get caught. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm glad they were stupid. But, you know. <laughs> And I did read one thing where it's like, they really just planned to rob them and not kill them. Mm-hmm. Like, I think it was Tony's testimony basically said, like, there was never a plan to kill them. But Brock just was like, fuck it. And he got pissed. So I knew it would be Brock. I know. Fucking Brock. I feel like every every person I've ever met named Brock has anger issues. I mean, also there's Tony. Uh, <laughs> uh, oh, I didn't even think about that until right now. vomit all over the floor disgusting sorry to any tonys except for one out there (laughs) you know who you You are you know who you are (laughs) you know who you are you know what you did bitch Uh, anyway if i ever see that motherfucker in person oh thank god i've never seen him ever again i'd probably run him over i take that back yeah i wouldn't run him over totally i might (laughs) (laughs) they dropped the two teens off and decided we're gonna drive to mexico Right. And in Mississippi, this is like the one time I guess they decided, oh, we should probably be smart. Let's ditch this Jeep that people are going to be looking for. Mm-hmm. They pulled into a rest stop and there was a man sleeping in his car, which I believe was like some kind of little Toyota. Okay. This man's name was Kirby Phelps. He was 26 years old and a Navy lieutenant. They forced him to get out of his car and forced him into the woods nearby. They were just planning to tie him up, but Phelps tried running, and so Tony shot and killed him. Apparently shot him three times. Oh my god, what's with all the overkill? Right? And it's a fucking rifle. Yeah. Anyways, this is rough. Yeah. They continued on their way. Apparently they got into some argument with each other at some point, and Avery decided, I'm tired of running, and came back to say... 
I did this. But in the meantime, it was already discovered. Mm-hmm. Because it was like four or five days later that he came back. But in the meantime, right. Teresa had gone to the police and said, of course. this is what the fuck I just saw. Yeah. Good for you, Teresa. Thank I'm sorry you had to deal with God that. God for Teresa. And she is, yes. just side note, badass bitch for going Amazing. and saying, this is the fucking shit that just happened, even though these men threatened to kill, my, kill me. Like, this is the shit that just happened. So thank you, Teresa. Yeah. And she is pictured in some articles and stuff but beautiful beautiful woman inside and out amazing we love you Teresa. and i don't know what happened with Teresa and joey i'm assuming they did not continue dating <laughs> probably not i did i did not go down that path i mean i mean afterward they probably you know they met at the police station to report it and they were like hey you want to like go on a second date this first one went so well <laughs> i think that's probably what happened maybe who knows while police gathered evidence at Corpsewood Manor, they discovered two human skulls and some LSD vials. Okay. Apparently, Charles had taken the skulls and 12,000 vials of LSD from Loyola. Huh? <laughs> yeah. You said 12,000? 12,000. 12,000. Right, right, 12,000. Right. Just a few. Normal, yeah. yeah. Just a little bit. Average, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Oh, my lord. <laughs> Whose skulls were they? Da- don't know. But I'm assuming they were something that was being studied because it was at the university and he was like, fuck you, I'm out of here. I'm taking these. I don't know. Oh, my God. You can't just take skulls, dude. I mean, I'm sorry you're dead. but Right. But, yeah. I don't know. It may not have been the best choice. Upon hearing this, West and Brock's attorneys suddenly decided to say, oh, he put LSD in the wine. And then tried mm-hmm. to have oral sex with us, and that's why they committed oh, murder. Oh, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you. Exactly. Jesus Christ. The wine was tested, and guess what? There was no LSD. There's no LSD in it. Yeah. Not a yeah. fucking, not a fucking yeah. trace of LSD in that. And there, and neither Joe or Charles had been on LSD at the time, right? No, there was no LSD involved in this. Right. Okay. Like, at all. But this was what he was studying. Correct, and then he just, like, took it. Now, whether they did LSD at some other point while living there in that five years, I don't know. I don't know. It's not relevant. But the fact that, like, they're just like, oh, oh, the, oh, yeah, this is it. This is our case now. This is it. He has a bunch of LSD and he's gay. We could totally get uh-huh. off for this, mm-hmm. you know? No. Shut up. The police also discovered some occult tools and books, as well as pornography and sex toys. Now. Okay. Who fucking cares, right? Literally. Live your life. Right. If you're not hurting anyone, it's fine. Exactly. If you want to have pornography as as everything is that's not child that's pornography, obviously, it's consensual. Right, you want to have sex toys. You want to have a pleasure room. You want to do whatever you want to do. Unfortunately, being a gay couple who is also a little uh-huh. eccentric during the satanic panic early 80s, this was not great. Yeah. So a lot of the locals... And police referred to them as the queer devil worshippers. Oh, God. So you can imagine not everybody liked them. Right. And they were far from a major city where it might be more acceptable. Some local papers ran headlines such as, quote, death was the final visitor to the home of devil worshippers. Bruh. No, it wasn't. It was fucking Brock. Yeah. Fucking Brock and Tony. Dumbasses. And the other headline was Slain Devil Worshippers were ex college professor and companion. 
Right. Here's what really fucking disgusted me. Oh, gosh. There's more. In the courtroom during trial, West's and Brock's attorneys continuously made derogatory remarks about Charles and Joe's relationship, as well as being devil worshippers. I'm sure. And when West finally confessed to the murder, he said, all I can say is, they were devils and I killed them. That's how I feel about it. Okay. Don't like that. Mm-mm. I hope you meet real devils in hell. <sighs> A lot of the public around here believed that Brock and West were justified in what they did. Are you kidding? No, because they were gay devil worshippers, according to the mm-hmm. society around them, which just fucking disgusts me. Yeah. Because they were just a lovely couple trying to live their fucking best life. I know. They were in, like, their perfect retirement home. Right. Living their best lives. And then these douchebags come in and ruin it. Exactly. Ultimately, thank God, West West was sentenced to life in prison. Good. Brock was sentenced to three consecutive lives in prison. Good. And they are both still in prison today with... Good. ...multiple attempts at parole that have never been granted. Bitches. Yes. And I hope they will never get out. I, I do hope they too. rot in there until they die. So currently West is 70 and Brock is 58, I, I believe. Hey guys, if you're listening to this, I hate you. Yeah, fuck you. You're probably not listening to this, but... Probably not. Personally, I hope they never do. They really do too. They, they don't deserve to listen to podcasts. Yeah. If you're a murderer, don't listen to our podcast. Uh, one other tidbit, I will say. I should have said this a bit earlier. Some of the society around them believed that, like I said, what they did was justifiable, except when it came to Kirby Phelps, who was a Navy lieutenant. Then they should only be convicted of murder for him. No. Yeah. That's not how it works. No. It's not how the justice system works. Yeah. Can't just pick and choose. Fucking disgusting. Yeah. What the fuck? Murder is fucking murder. Sure is. Don't kill people. Don't kill people. And that is the lesson of the day. Yeah, that's our life lesson on this episode. Don't kill people. Yes. You're welcome. (laughs) That will save you a lot of trouble um, in your life. Yeah, yeah. A private funeral was held for Joe with his ashes being scattered in the Rose Garden at Corpsewood Manor. Oh. Charles's ashes were given to his sister and were buried in the family plot in Wisconsin. Hmm. I wish they could have gotten to be together. I do, too. Like, that's the one part I hated. Like, okay, he's with his family, but he wanted to be with Joe. Like, he should have been scattered there, too. Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. I don't know his sister. I don't, there wasn't really much information about her. So It's not our our decision, but, you know, I wish they would have gotten to rest together. I do, too. And hopefully, wherever they are, they are together. I hope they are, too. Yes. Living in... An even better house with an even better rose garden. Yes. And making even better wine. Without homophobic assholes to annoy them or yeah. hurt them yes. or murder them. Yes. Um, shortly after all of this happened, there were a couple fires that destroyed all the buildings. It is believed to be arson. Yeah. But nobody was ever arrested. Right. Because apparently nobody gave a shit. You know what? I hope that... Uh, Joe and Charles are haunting whoever did that. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I hope. 
People also raided the area for multiple objects that were left, hmm. including the pink gargoyle. Oh, yeah. Do we, we don't know where it is? No. Oh, sad. I know. I wish I knew where that was. I wish I did, too. Sad. So the place is now in ruins. There are partial walls. Most of the gazebo is still there, but the house is pretty much gone. The chicken coop is completely gone. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some overgrowth, you know, trees and stuff. It's weird. When you do, like, the Google Maps of it, you see this big circle. You can almost tell, like, that's that's where it was because it looks like all new growth, mm-hmm. you know, not like hundreds of right. years of growth. Right. Can I look up pictures of it now? Yes, go ahead. <laughs> Okay. Uh, And then a lot of things are covered in spray paint. There's pentagrams, there's 666, there's different things that people have spray painted on it. Mm -hmm. Oh my god, that pink gargoyle is so cool. Isn't it so cool? I want it. I love the pink gargoyle. We'll definitely have to post that. Yes, please. Oh, sad. This is such a beautiful home. I know. And they had such a great place to be. I mean, they were off the grid. They were doing their own thing, man. Yeah. I wish they would have gotten to spend the rest of their lives there. You, like I said, you can go here. It's in ruins, but you can go. Uh, visitors have claimed mm-hmm. that they hear barking dogs. Oh. <laughs> that they hear gunshots mm-hmm. and glass shattering. Some people have said that they can see apparitions. Mm-hmm. Is that how you say it? Apparitions. apparitions. Some people say they can see apparitions. And the eyes of the devil, which... Okay. Okay. Right. Right. There is also belief in the local area that if you take a brick from the property, you will be cursed. I mean, yeah, I wouldn't want to do that. I wouldn't either, but there's barely any bricks compared to the 45,000 that should be there. Yeah, so people have definitely taken that. Definitely. And I hope they did get cursed. Yes. So I will say, as a little end to this place, I was just fascinated like reading Charles's article, reading the history of these two and the of them just finding a place to just retire and live their best life. Yeah, and, finding their peace. And I just, I was just so mad reading it too. Yeah. And the fact that why do people have to be such douchebags? And why does it fucking matter how you live your life? Now, right. I know the two are after money. I think some article said 50% of it was money and 50% of it was just literally because they were, quote, Homophobia. gay devil worshippers. Yeah. It's yeah. like they were not bothering you at all. Right. At all. You're the fucking one that bothered them. How does somebody else's beliefs or sex life affect you in any way? It, it doesn't at all. It doesn't. No. So just leave them alone. Exactly. So that it just made me upset. Yeah. There is a Facebook memorial page, which I will also link in the show notes, and there's just some really beautiful pictures and articles, and it looks like it's still pretty active 40 years later, because this is the 40th year, or this will would be the 40th anniversary of all of this. So that's... That's so sad. Yeah, that is Corpsewood Manor. We should Manor. post something about it on the, uh, on the anniversary. Yeah, December 12th. Yeah, that way we can... Keep them in everyone's memories and yes, keep them alive in some way. That is just so sad. It is. It's awful. Sad and just fucking pointless, you know? Pointless. I mean- There is no reason. They they could have just been than, living a great fucking life. I know. Yeah. That's awful. Yeah. That's my 
that's my uh, episode. Well, that was sad. Sorry to leave you on such a sad note. That's okay. I will just, uh, I will just cry. It'll be okay. No. <laughs> <laughs> I might. There's, this is so, this was so, they were so sweet. I know. Like, such a nice, nice couple. Yeah. I'm going to light a candle for them when I get home. Oh, that's sweet. Like, colleagues of Charles, they're just like, he was such a respected, nice man. Mm-hmm. And the fact that this happened is just horrific. Yeah, it is. Yeah. All right. Well, that's that. So we'll just close this out really quickly with um, follow us on all of our socials. I've never said this in an episode, I don't think, but I do link all of our socials in every episode and our website as well. So you don't, if you're driving, listening to this or doing chores or whatever, and you really can't just hop on over to TikTok All of those links for all of our socials, TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, are all in the show notes, as well as our Patreon, our website, and... Email? Email. Yes. All of that. Yes. All that. And we have a P.O. box now. Oh, yes, we do. Very exciting. I can put that in our show notes, too, if anybody wants to send us a letter for whatever reason. Yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah. There you go. All right. Well, keep finding the thrill in the mysterious. And we love you. Bye-bye. You can't see me, but I'm making a heart. Okay. Thank you. (laughs) Okay. Peace out, guys. Bye. Bye.